Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And I'm so grateful to have Lori Brody of ESU4 and Nick Ziegler of ESU5 joining me today for a conversation that we're going to have. We're going to share with everybody about a special project that the ESUCC has put together with participation from both our SDA affiliate and also our TLT group. Uh, and so really excited to talk more about both of those respective affiliates and also kind of the, the joint effort that we're putting towards uh, building some resources for social studies here in Nebraska. And so Lori, Nick, thank you both so much uh, for taking a little bit of time to talk about that with us today. Thanks for having us. So we'll kind of start with Lori. Lori, uh, for those that aren't familiar with SDA as an acronym and, and the staff development affiliate, there is a podcast, by the way, recently that we released on SDA as a group. But will you tell folks just briefly a little bit more about the group that you uh, are representing here? Absolutely. So staff development affiliate uh, is SDA, and we have cadres within our affiliate specific to content groups as well as other things. But we started the social studies cadre a few years ago when the social studies standards rolled out because we knew that there were some shifts. There were some things we needed to think differently about and wanted to help support the schools and, well, really the, the staff developers as they supported their schools. So this cadre's goal is really to support best practices of teaching social studies in the classroom and help students learn. Excellent. So Lori leads the group and also brings with her to this special project a number of folks from that cadre. So we do have our social studies expertise in-house. Uh, and Nick, will you speak a little bit to TLT? Excellent. Uh, within our ESUs, there is a group of individuals, an affiliate called TLT, that's Teaching and Learning with Technology. And our role is to help educators enhance what they do in the classroom. Teaching and Learning with Technology is that affiliate name. Awesome. And so we also kind of have a tech component and that lens at the table here as well for our conversations. And so uh, we have kind of the social studies expertise. We also have the tech piece. Now we're also going to be talking about high quality instructional materials with this. And that's really where this story for this special project starts. And so what are HQIMs uh, and how did we kind of arrive at this being something that we wanted to try to build out? Uh, I'll kind of throw it over to Lori, I guess, maybe to uh, set that up for us. So one of the challenges social studies has is that it's difficult to get high quality instructional materials for the standards that we have in Nebraska. When the standards team wrote the standards, they broke apart the middle school standards in particular so that they were more specific to grade level. So we unbanded those standards. So there's still the history, geography, civics, and economics but now they have a specific direction they're taking in every grade level up to ninth grade. So what has happened is in, let's say seventh grade in particular, there's not a textbook series. There's nothing available that meets the Nebraska State Social Studies standards for teachers. And so it's been a challenge for our educators across the state to try to figure out how do we do this without resources. And so there've been a lot of people working on this. NDE has worked on it. They had a study with Johns Hopkins to try to determine what teachers are currently using and how it's working. And so that's given us some information. We're also doing some research as an SDA component 
we have a survey that's going to be heading out. In fact, it's, we've already piloted it a little bit, and we've got some more information coming in in the next week or so where we're asking teachers, what materials do you use? What do you need? So that we can provide the best possible instructional materials for these people using digital age pedagogy. So we're pretty excited about how to provide HQIM with the expertise that we have as an affiliate. I love that. And so you've identified this need and the want to create these resources and, and it makes sense and aligns with our standards here. Uh, and you mentioned digital age pedagogy. And so I think it's also important to maybe sort of say, and this is almost a chronological progression of how this effort came together here too, by the way. So that exists. And historically, there have been prior special projects that TLT has been invested in around that digital age pedagogy piece. So briefly, Nick, if you could kind of speak to the history that came with that, that, that really has fed in nicely with this current iteration of the special project. Sure. Over the past five years, TLT has led eight different projects where we have developed our Nebraska understanding of best practices in that digital learning world. Digital age pedagogy is the term that we've come to accept here in Nebraska, where we're focused on helping students, and if we break it down into three components, helping students um, understand the learning process. We call those empower learner components. And that might be some goal setting, that might be some self-assessment, but really including students in that learning and planning for that learning. Second, we want to differentiate instruction, provide for the opportunity that students are working maybe more independently, maybe uh, having small group sessions with the teacher, but we want to allow for students, all students to grow. That's important for our students at the, at the lower end. It's also important for the students at the higher end of our ability levels inside of our classrooms. And finally then providing some degree of choice and voice to the students in how they're, for example, showing what they know. Um, not everybody has to write a five-page essay potentially, but, but allowing for some degree of student control over those learning processes. Gosh, and so with that history and the development of that work, it actually meets somewhat nicely with some of the inquiry components. Uh, and so I'll probably play this back over to Lori, that were also an interest in the formation of this project. And so Lori, can you uh, speak to what what is inquiry model design? Yeah. That is a wonderful question. Um, to put it in a nutshell, back in the day when we taught, teachers acted as a sage on a stage. We were filled with knowledge and we regurgitated it out to students and then expected them to put it, the answers on a test. So it was very lower level blooms. I mean, we, we as teachers felt really good because we sh could show how smart we were and we could win all the Jeopardy competitions. So that's the, the old school teaching of social studies. This shift moving into the C3 network, this inquiry kind of thing requires teachers to put the, the onus of the work on the student. So like the book, Never Work Harder Than Your Students, that's the thing. The students should go home tired. Teachers, we are know are tired, but students should, their brains should be just working so hard. And, and that's really what helps them develop. And so the C3 network or the C3 framework, I'd rather, really goes into how to do that. So you start with an essential question, a big question of like, do we need government? Then we can go into compelling questions like, as I've got Abraham Lincoln behind me, was John Booth's conspiracy successful? 
And so the kids would then dig into, did what John Booth wanted when he uh, planned the assassination of Lincoln and others, was that really successful? And so we developed supporting questions to come up with that and then help the kids work through that using various resources. And so that's really the shift, which is a big, that's a heavy lift for a lot of teachers. They're comfortable, again, regurgitating this knowledge. To turn it over to students, there's a lot of prep work up front. And so that's really what this project will do is create those resources so the teacher becomes more comfortable with that format of inquiry learning. So that's what our hope is, is that they experience it through us and then they, get this comfort in doing it themselves. Gosh, and I love all of this great work that was taking place prior to even the start of this initiative being accepted. And when you start to, to think about how all of those components play into what will ultimately lead to this project producing high quality instructional materials, could we speak a little bit to I mean, we have obviously the expertise within the social studies cadre, uh, and we have the technology expertise as well, but the coaches for this group had the opportunity to go through a training last summer, actually. And so maybe to kind of speak to that experience a little bit and what that's going to bring for everyone involved. So yeah, there were a number of us that had the opportunity to work with Nebraska Department of Education and through ESUCC funding to receive the C3 training the inquiry training. And so we spent a couple days and we went through it as if we were teachers and learned how to write those essential, compelling, supporting questions, how to find the resources to help students learn that information. And so it's a lot of brain work. It's a lot of thinking differently again. And so by having us complete that last year, and we were fortunate because NDE tried a little pilot program. So they experimented first so we could see kind of what went well and what didn't with them. And so as we rolled this out, I feel like we have a much better handle on how to make this successful. So we'll, we'll start kind of where we left off. Those people that were trained last year will become coaches for the teachers that are part of this project this year. And we're hiring a bunch of teachers to do the work. So we're excited for that. Oh, I absolutely love that opportunity to work with them. And uh, the authenticity that comes from working with people who are in the classroom right now in the development of these materials, because that adds a practicality to that work, right? That you'd be able to just know that this is something that we can certainly look to pivot and implement. Uh, Nick, as somebody who does not bring the same social studies lens uh, that Lori does to the conversation, but is obviously very steeped in the digital age pedagogy work. Uh, when you went through that training last summer, where did you see some crossover uh, in terms of like the philosophy and, and where were your thoughts with kind of how maybe that technology piece could support some of that inquiry model approach? I think that's an awesome question. And I, I think it's important that the technology isn't just this add-on, that the technology rather is directly embedded in what we're trying to accomplish in the classroom. As Lori's talking about the inquiry-based model and, and developing essential questions, compelling questions, supporting questions, thinking about that digital age pedagogy component, potentially we could ask students, how confident are you that you can answer this question and allow students to self-assess at the front end and then self-assess at the back end. And on the front end, our goal is that students kind of internalize, these are the questions, this is the direction that we're going. And it's likely that students can't answer all of those questions on the front end of instruction. But then on the back end, we do that self-assessment again to help really drive home to those kids that they have learned something throughout the course of the unit. 
when we think about then the high quality instructional materials, uh, trying to pull those different resources uh, around those supporting questions. Potentially, students don't all have to in investigate the exact same sources. Maybe we collect some resources around those compelling questions and now give students some degree of control again, some choice over which of those resources they're investigating to get to the heart of those questions and, and really think through themselves why? Why is it that this happened or that happened? I feel that the digital age pedagogy component uh, directly supports what we're trying to accomplish inside of the shifts in the social studies curriculum toward an inquiry-based model. I love that. Uh, and I was thinking along those same lines too, because I got the opportunity to be a part of that training also and looking for places where this work does fit with one another uh, and just kind of thinking a little bit more flexibly about it, particularly as you mentioned there with resources. And so uh, not to kind of ping pong back and forth here, but Lori, uh, I, I'd ask when we think about, because you said there isn't a textbook and you know, Nick's talking about resources here, and we want these to be high quality. And so where's the information going to come from as these materials get built out? Oh, that brings me lots of excitement as a social studies person. There are so many resources available online for free. My favorites, Library of Congress, National Archives, Gilder Lehrman Institute, it just goes on and on. There are so many people. If we talk about fourth grade, because we're going to be doing fourth grade work, History Nebraska, the old um, Nebraska Museum, they are anxious and eager to work with us and help provide more of those. And so we will have almost more sources than what to do with. And again, that helps teachers because it can be overwhelming if you're doing a project, let's say, on the Civil War. There are so many digital resources available it's like you can get lost in the weeds. And so by helping them curate those a little bit as we go through this project, again, it'll become easier for teachers to see this is where I find it. But also uh, for those who haven't experienced National Archives or Library of Congress, this gives them a chance to get there and see how many cool resources there really are. So without a doubt, we've got a lot of great, great places to turn. Well, and you mentioned earlier too, just how challenging it can be to find the time uh, to be able to do that as a, let's say fourth grade teacher that maybe I'm on a team, but maybe I'm not. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that teaches social studies in my building and the kiddos rotate over to my classroom for that. Uh, and so to be able to curate those, because otherwise, I mean, are there some instances maybe where teachers are just Googling for, for articles and... Oh, the number one thing is teachers pay teachers. <laughs> and we know that that is not a good thing to do. We know there's there's lots and lots and lots of problems associated with that. So yeah, Pinterest and teachers pay teachers have been what they've been going to. And unfortunately, again, there's so many problems with that, which is why a few years ago, I'm going to transition a little bit because Nick and his team uh, started putting some things together for the Nebraska OER. And so we, we tried to do this a few years ago. And um, that's where I really was inspired to do some more of this work because Nick and the TLT group really started to develop more resources for the Nebraska OER that were high quality. Yeah. And Nick, can you speak to the OER a little bit for those that might not be familiar with it? Because that is one place that these resources will be housed uh, once they're created. Sure. The Nebraska OER Commons Hub, OER is Open Educational Resources. The Nebraska OER Commons Hub is a collaboration between our ESUCC and the Nebraska Department of Education. 
Doran Avey is the Director of Digital Learning at the Department of Education and working with her content area specialists over at NDE, we've done a lot of work at uh, curating resources that are out nationally to match them to our state standards across different content areas. Uh, so that's part of the work, but then also through some of our special projects, we have created, Nebraska educators have been paid to participate and create resources that reflect, for example, those digital age pedagogy components and get those into our Nebraska OER Commons Hub. Yeah, and I know some people have shared uh, that they've gotten onto the OER and that there's been varying degrees of quality to the resources there. And I think the thing worth considering, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, though, is that if you go to the OER, you will access a bank that, that is almost, I mean, akin to a search engine. It's just, it's it's limitless. Whereas when you start to really narrow it down to the Nebraska OER commons and you get a little bit more pointed, uh, you can guarantee that those are speaking to our specific state standards and that the quality sort of goes up as you narrow to those more pointed communities within that site. Am I correct in that? That's true. There are different groups inside of the Nebraska OER Commons Hub, groups for content areas. And, and so just like you said, you can get into the Nebraska OER Commons Hub, search something and see content across the larger OER Commons group, a world of open educational resources. But then what's great about our OER Commons Hub is that we should be able to trust that content that's in our Nebraska OER Commons Hub because it's been put forth by either folks at NDE or within our ESU community. Excellent. So that'll be one place where we'll be housing these resources once they're created. We've had conversations too about making things available through, let's say like a Google Classroom, or I know that Canvas is something that uh, has been implemented statewide at a pretty high percentage. Uh, and so there's certainly been some sentiment about trying to make this as accessible to teachers as possible. And so with all of that, I'll kind of kick it back over to Lori here too and ask, what is this going to look like when we say resources and we're talking about questions and we're talking about links to things from the Library of Congress, for example, how do you sort of package this and communicate this out to teachers? What's the vision at this time? Well, there can be lots of ways to create a lesson for C3. But our intent is to have like a three to five day lesson where they would have the compelling question along with supporting questions. And then we would have the formative assessments that go along with that culminating activity at the end. And so uh, they'll look at a Nebraska state standard or multiple standards, uh, hopefully we can package more in. Uh, and then they'll create the lesson, again, that would last several days. Um, the, the beauty about the C3 inquiry framework is this can be a ginormous project too. So uh, again, maybe it'll inspire some teachers out there to do something bigger but at this point, we're just going to start small and um, help teachers become more comfortable with this type of teaching. Yeah. And so I think it's important to share out to right, you, as you're saying there, the vision for this project is to create those three to five day pieces that will be something that teachers can use kind of intermittently with whatever is maybe more familiar practices that they've done historically. Uh, and so this isn't asking people to start over. This isn't trying to supplant, you know, an entire quarter or year's worth of uh, materials that are already in place but to really give people a first step 
towards the direction of inquiry, towards further integrating yeah, technology and also blended best practices and finding really just the resources more conveniently packaged in a way to make sure that kiddos are being able to access really high quality materials from everything they're reading to the questions they're being asked uh, to what they're being asked to produce um, to show what they know. Nick, I, I can see you're nodding your head there, I guess. How would you sort of follow that up? Excellent. And, and from the TLT side, the value add that we bring to the table is, is then to help create some of those empower learner activities, maybe a choice board uh, that would accompany the content and maybe help to develop a flexible rubric that could allow students to create different things as they're answering those compelling questions. And I love that both lenses are from the SDA and TLT will be involved in the collaborative efforts to support these teachers. And there's something really, I don't know, and I want us to like speak to that before the pod's over here. Uh, I just love that this is a cross affiliate initiative. There are so many great people in our ESU network that have done, that do on a regular basis, amazing work. Uh, but to see folks that aren't housed in the same part of the state, that aren't charged with similar tasks on a day-to-day -day basis. And to see people bring their varying levels of expertise to this conversation and collaborative work is just really awesome. So I uh, would give you a little space to talk to that as well. Uh, I completely agree. And so one of, one of my hats within the TLT, I'm the co-chair of our TLT affiliate. The conversation around this project, I think, began about two years ago. And, and one thing that I love is that this is a true collaborative experience. This is a true collaboration between TLT and SDA, bringing you, our Nebraska educators, the best that we can bring you. Can I add to that, that it's not easy to collaborate. Uh, we all have very different ways of working and thinking. And so to use my social studies lingo, uh, there was some civil discourse that had to happen in order to make this, this thing work. And so I'm really grateful that people didn't quit because it would have been really easy a year ago to say, you know what, Let, this isn't going to work. This can't, we can't make this happen. But we didn't. We didn't. And there was some wonderful leadership from Deb Hallman that really kept us moving forward. And I'm grateful for all the folks that continued to encourage us to make this happen. So um, gratitude. I completely agree. Thank you to all of the leadership that has happened uh, to bring this project to you. Well, and I would also add to that to our ESUCC administrator board uh, who stepped up with the funding to make sure that we're able to pay teachers for their time and for their efforts uh, and the travel it takes to kind of get people together in a room to do this, this great work. And so as we kind of bring our podcast to a little bit of a close here, really our call to action to anyone who's listening in, whether you teach fourth through eighth grade yourself or know someone who does. Uh, we would love to get 30 teachers together for a time coming up here in June of 2022. We're going to have those 30 teachers collaborate and build out these resources so that we can share them. That's going to look like a two-day training on inquiry and a little bit of that digital age pedagogy as well, so that uh, we can make sure that we're all very clear about how all those components uh, would come around and should be integral in the design of these materials. And then we're going to spend some time in person. So that, that, that training will be two days virtual. And then we'll do two days as a follow-up as teacher teams with our coaches present, just making sure everybody's got the opportunity to just really 
have great conversations and do this work together. Uh, and Lori had a great idea as well of having the location for that collaborative in-person work, be it some of our uh, kind of fun historical sites uh, across the state. And so that what a, what a great little piece there also. So um, I think it's just important to stress that this is a call to action. If you know of anyone who could potentially be a part of this initiative, it would be great to help us out, particularly in that fourth through eighth grade social studies band. Lori, where can they go? Well, the SDA cadre will be sending out invitations very soon, like this week. And so we're going to push them out, uh, sending out emails with the Google form. So if you haven't received that form and you're interested, reach out to your local ESU and ask them about this particular project. And I'm sure they've got it available. Absolutely. So if you can't find where to sign up, make sure you reach out to one of us and we'll be more than happy to point you in the right direction. And so with that being said, half hour goes really fast. Um, <laughs> get Kind of like a closing message from each of you. Looking forward to this, I would say. Uh, Nick, do you want to start us off? Thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about the project. We know that the high quality instructional materials is needed. We know that those resources, they exist. So please consider participating. Help us curate those resources, package those resources in a way that then can be implemented across the state. This is how uh, we can improve our social studies experience for our students. And you know what? I am really excited. I have had the opportunity over my entire career of collaborating with other educators. And I know that every time I do one of these kind of projects, I become a better teacher. And so I'm really excited to work with all the educators across the state to learn from them. And hopefully they'll learn something from us. And in the big picture, uh, we're all going to become a better state in teaching social studies. I absolutely just love this. This is at the heart of what educational service units, we like services are middle name, right? <laughs> like, uh, and just the fact that, as Nick said, that we've recognized this as a need uh, and are really excited to step up, step into making a difference. And uh, thank you both so much for your leadership with that. I want to echo your excitement for it. And just I'm looking forward to hearing more from teachers as we roll through the spring here and get everybody on board for what's going to be a really fun and uh, important project come June. So thank you both for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. You're great. Appreciate it. 